Stepping out and going full-time on YouTube might seem scary, especially if you don't have the right strategy and planning in place. You may be missing the full potential of what's available on the platform. YouTube is alive and healthy, and it's creating more full-time content creators, more full-time YouTubers than ever before. And if that seems like something you wanna do, you are in the right place. My name is Heather Torres, and I wanna welcome you to the Think Marketing Podcast. If you're new here, I want to let you know that we release an episode every single Tuesday and consider subscribing by hitting subscribe wherever you're consuming this content. We are in part three of our how to quit your job and become a full-time YouTuber. And we've been diving into the seven steps for achieving this. These are actually the seven steps that Sean Cannell went through when he went from flipping burgers, I mean, serving burgers, to becoming a full-time content creator and then growing into a multiple seven-figure media company. He started solo, probably just like you, and is now heading into becoming the CEO and doing all the wonderful things that can happen when you go full-time here on YouTube. Now, let's go and recap what we've covered so far, and then we'll dive into the last steps of the seven-step system. We have started with start. That was step number one. Step number two was skill up, really figuring out and mastering your topic. What do you want to teach and how do you want to teach it and who are you teaching to? Really diving into knowing what skills you need, those hard and soft skills for dominating here on YouTube. Then it was synergizing your schedule. We learned about the proximity principle and what it means to actually put yourself around the right people and in the right positions to position you for success on the platform. Who do you need to be around? What books do you need to consume? What conferences should you go to? Where should you be volunteering? Or where should you be working for free? Or where do you actually need to relocate your personal self, like your family? All of these pieces of the proximity principle are key to getting you where you want to go. Then we learned about some smart systems and I included in the last episode some of the systems that we use here at Think Media in the description. So if you want to check that out, that's at our thinkmediatools.com. And that's a lot of the different software that we use to be able to be creating content regularly on the platform. If you're in different seasons of life, it really is going to depend on how much time you can commit to this. And so we really recommend batch producing. That's what I'm doing right now for the podcast. I just changed my shirt and we're recording five episodes today so that we can get ahead. I'm a busy mom of three running this company and I need to make sure that smart systems and smart software is what we're using to be able to get the right content to you as quickly as possible. Now we're going to head into the last steps of this system. We're going to learn about finding your sweet spot. Really, what type of content are you creating and how are you able to differentiate yourself in the market that you're in? How do you find your niche or how do you go deeper into knowing your actual expertise in the market that you want to serve? Then you're going to learn about creating that side income. You know, Sean really went full time by moving his side income into his full time income. And then we're going to help you learn when it's right to step out. Becoming a full-time content creator is not easy, and we want to make sure that you understand the numbers. You know when it's right for you to actually dial in and become that full-time creator. When do you put in the two-week notice at your job, or when do you decide that you are doing this full-time? We're going to help you with that and more in today's training. Step five. Step five. On this journey, your goal is to eventually hone in on your sweet spot. 
And what I mean is narrow your niche and serve a specific audience. Find your sweet spot, narrow down your niche and serve a specific audience. So when I started Think Media, at first I was like, I had actually like seemingly a lot of clarity back in 2010 how to build a video editing PC, PC, how to get started in video production. Then I wandered off into some world of, of like interviews with social media experts. And it was, it was cool, but it, it got weird for a while, just different kind of things. And then it was like kind of dark for a while. I'm working on other projects. Um, but eventually I found my seat su- sweet spot. I want you to remember I'm compressing almost a decade into like an hour, right? As we hang out. And so eventually though, it was like, okay, And when I started Think Media, I just said, Think Media, helping you go further, faster in media. That was my tagline. And while that actually was pretty decent, at least it was like sort of made sense, it was also very vague. Like, what exactly is media? And yeah, I want to go further, faster. But like, so eventually today, it's now helping you with the best tips and tools, the strategies and the cameras and the lighting for building your influence online. And so we talk about gear and we talk about strategies. But even in that process, there are nuances to our brand and the things that have worked for us that I discovered. And here's what it is. It really, this is one of them. Six years ago, this was a big aha moment. Put out a video called Best Camera for YouTube. To this day, it got about a quarter million views, six years old. So now we're talking like 2013. But here's my clarity. Camera reviews for everyday people. Like when I found like my thing, like that was it. Camera reviews for everyday people. And here's what I mean. Here's a big unlock that I experienced. A big lesson is that your audience is infinitely more important than your competitors. And what I mean is care more about, here's a way to put it in business, care more about your customers than your competition. Okay. And so at first, what I learned early on on YouTube was I had a lot of fear of judgment, a lot of fear of what other people would think. And I had like this desire to... I felt like the people who were creating content, the people that review were reviewing cameras or talking about gear, and there wasn't many actually, but the people who were doing it, I thought at first I was trying to impress them. And I also thought when I would watch their stuff, I was really worried if I said the right thing, did I call the sense, if I reviewed a laptop, did I, did I say the RAM speed was fast enough? Did it, was it an HDMI input or was it an output? And I would get sometimes comments from tech experts that were like, you said the RAM was DDR2, but it's actually DDR3. And I'd be like, okay, bro, you're right. And I'm not even faulting you for pointing it out, although you are kind of a jerk. But what I'm noticing is like, you're obsessed with all this kind of stuff, but here's what I've learned. I'm figuring out that my audience, Think Media, this community, and the people we're watching back then, I'm not trying to reach other tech experts. Guess what? If they're an expert, they're probably not going to listen to this guy. All I know is I'm a small town college dropout, you know, that has some experience in video and that knows this YouTube space and knows creators. So it was camera reviews for everyday people. And here was the switch. Instead of saying like how to get depth of field in your videos, it was like how to get a blurry background. Why? Because everyday people say blurry background and they don't know what depth of field is. When I started to do camera reviews that were empathetic for the audience, for like people who didn't want to be tech experts, but just wanted to know, will the camera work? Will I be in focus? Does it have a flip screen? Can I easily tap the flip screen? Can I plug a mic in easily? Will it sound good? What are the settings? So just keeping it really basic. And when I I got out of my head and stopped worrying about 
my competition and started focusing on serving a specific person, like a specific audience, that's when everything blew up. And here's what's crazy, or it's when things really started to grow, is I found my sweet spot. If you search best camera for YouTube, think media, this is like how sweet of a spot this has been. I mean, this is how many camera, best cheap cameras, cameras versus DSLR. I mean, you could see, you find your sweet spot and then like work the thing that's working. Every once in a while, some hater on Think Media will be like, you've kind of made a video like this before. I'd be like, have you ever watched the largest YouTuber, independent YouTuber? His name's Felix. Dude, he makes some similar videos. And so again, worry more about your, your, uh, your audience and your community than your critics. But if something works, work it. And when you find your sweet spot, I kept compounding those videos year after year. So that was just a major key to going full time because I dialed in to my sweet spot. I also began to learn at first, I was about tech everything. I was about tech, you know, a few uh, headphones, which they still find their way on here, but like a few headphones would find their way on there. Some random, I'm trying to forget, like, like anything at CES would find its way onto my channel. But I began to narrow and I realized there's so much tech, 3D printers, all these smartphones, all this stuff, you know, MKBHD, all these other channels. I began to say, okay, no, no, no. This is just tools for creators, the best tools for creators. I'm going to talk about cameras. Light. I'm not talking about 3D printers. I'm not talking about tech. There's so many tech LED lights, like for your home, smart home, home theater. This is not what you find here on Think Media. It was randomly like that in like 2013, but I began to narrow my niche into tools for creators. And that was a huge unlock. And then I began to serve a specific audience. I said, creators. And those creators that are like doing gardening channels and makeup channels and homeschool channels and like Bible studies and all those different things. And they're not trying to become camera experts, man. So I wanted to start serving you and let the experts, if they, if I say the sensor, you know, size wrong or like not the quite right. I know you don't care about the exact technical terminology because what you've learned, I get messages all the time, bro, thank you for mentioning the M50. I'm in love with it. And to this day, the Canon M50 is still one of the best cameras. You know what I'm saying? Like it's serving real people. Be obsessed with serving a specific audience and then just block out all the other noise and clutter. Because guess what? They're actually not even really listening or paying attention oftentimes anyways. But your goal is to become known for one thing. And here's what I learned. I started to become known as like, oh, Sean, like, dude, that's the guy that like helped me pick out my camera and my lighting. Oh, he's like the camera guy. Or like, oh, that's like the YouTube guy. Or that's like the guy that like, he's the guy that like will help me, you know, set my YouTube channel up. What are people saying about you? You want to go full-time on YouTube? You need to become the 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 yoga tips girl. You're like, well, I, I do a lot more than yoga. Yeah, but if you want to become known, you got to become known for one thing. If you really want to blow up and grow, you got to become, you know, niche down. If you try and reach everybody, you end up reaching nobody. And the world is so noisy, it's harder and harder than ever before to do variety content. Am I saying it's impossible? No. Am I saying you personally should not do variety content? No, to each his own. I'm just saying what I've learned and I've seen this prove true across industries, even social channels, networks, businesses. You got to become known for one thing if you really, really want to break out. So what is the one thing you're going to become known for? Oh, that's the person that helps me with taxes. Or that's the person who is, is super funny. Like they make 
great com- uh, comedy videos and one drops a week and I always laugh. That's the person who is like that weird family that lives off the grid and is like homesteading and uh, it's so cool to watch. Like you got to become known for one thing, like really brand yourself, really position yourself in a niche. So when I started to become like, oh, that's the guy that's going to help me with gear, it changed everything. Look, it's okay to actually not go full time. It's okay to do YouTube as a hobby. It's okay to do YouTube and just find out a way to make an extra $5,000 a year, an extra $10,000 a year. You know, maybe you can't live off that, but how cool would it be to just have like kind of a side hustle hobby that you could do that? It's a big reality. Maybe you have an existing business and you want to use YouTube to support your existing business. Let me know your ultimate goal for being on YouTube, which brings us to step six, side income streams, side income streams. And by this point, you might be like, yo, Sean, show me the money. Jerry Maguire, if you don't know the reference, then um, that won't make sense. But uh, that was a classic movie. Tom Cruise, show me the money. Okay, I'll show you the money. How did I actually go full-time? Well, I did it with YouTube and affiliate marketing. And here's how it worked. My first payment from affiliate marketing was $2.12 in 2010. Amazing. That's how you retire right there, right? Like, no, of course not. But this is actually really my favorite payment of all time. Obviously, I like it to be a lot bigger than that. But the reason it is is because that was proof of concept. When I made my first $2 online and 12 cents, I was so pumped. I was like, dude, no one in my freaking neighborhood made $2 online this month. And maybe they did, but probably not. Like my neighbors aren't hustling on YouTube. They're not doing affiliate marketing. They're not figuring out this stuff. I was like, dude, I made $2.12. What if I could double it? And then what if I could double it again? Right? And so I want to encourage you, don't despise small beginnings. When you make that first dollar online, and let me know in the chat or in the comments, have you made your first dollar online? When you make that first dollar, it's proof of concept. Because if you can make one, you can make more. And so my first payment from affiliate marketing was two twelve, And this is why it's important to dream big, but start small and act now. Because a lot of, and I want to encourage you if I can, this is kind of more of like a coaching kind of, I, want, I really want to encourage you there is the season that most won't make it through. And it's that sacrifice season. It's the $2.12 season. And the reason why is because people give up before the breakthrough. When you look at the timeline I'm describing to you, this, like your dreams, your, your aspirations full-time on YouTube, opportunity, I heard it said once this way, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. Yeah, you got to have big dreams, but when you get a $2 check, you go, that's not that big. So you got to start small, but you got to act now and you got to keep acting, keep posting, keep hustling and keep focused and say, look, I'm not worried about this $2 and 12. It's, it's all bonus because I'm not focusing on making money on YouTube. Remember that? Because I've got my bills paid because I'm going to go hustle and wait tables and I can wake, I can make way more than $2 and 12 cents by going to work at Red Robin and picking up a shift. But what I did was I worked the minimum amount I could at Red Robin to pay my bills, hustle, make tips, and double shift. So then I could go home and make $2 for like 100 hours of work, right? You know what I'm saying? Because some of you, you put in the work and you haven't made any money yet. You got to press through that season because as you climb out and you get on the other side, that's where all the accolades are, right? That's where the magic happens. By January 2000 and. 
13 now, I'm making 259.90. That was a good month on Amazon affiliates. Now I have a full-time job and I'm freelancing. So I'm making an extra $260 in a month. Let's go, man. Like, you know, Sony and I are like, Hey, like my wife, like, like let's, this is amazing. So it's, that's not like retiree money. That's not full-time money, but that was the progression for me. And again, I was delayed because I was spread all over the place and uh, I could have, I could have grown this a lot faster, but I was just, I was so scattered by 2015, February, $901.16. Cool. Right. And that was uh, December. Why? Affiliate marketing, holiday shopping. Like it just usually goes up. And so almost a grand, you want to talk about a happy Christmas. Like we're talking an extra $901 on top of having a full-time job. Now, now my side hustle stuff, I'm like, dang, this is like legit. This is really happening. And then I went full-time starting November, 2015. Um, and so check it out, uh, by here's February 1st, 2016, but you get paid about a three month delay on Amazon affiliates. So now in the beginning of 2016, 4,704, 3,879, and that was, uh, when I say full-time, I technically went full-time as kind of an entrepreneur at the beginning of 2015, and I had three main freelance clients. But then what happened in October is they fired me, and they all fired me one a week for three weeks. And I say fired, one, two really fired me, and one, it was kind of just a transition. They were hiring some other staff and whatever. And the same thing with the other people. They were like, you know, we don't need you anymore. We're transitioning. And so it wasn't like burnt bridges, like everything's still good with all those people. But the point is we lost 90% of our income in one month and I was freaked out. But as I look back in hindsight, that was when I went all in. And that's when this happened. Cause right in like November 1st is when I got started working. And I just started making videos, talking about tech right around the holidays, black Friday, cyber Monday, all that kind of stuff. But then boom, and we had a little bit of savings. So the first couple months weren't that great. You know what I mean? Like a couple low months, 1,564, this is not a great like pay your rent and you know everything else month, but after a few months, it kicked in and we started to make a little bit more. Now, here's another thing, is this is also why I'm not that big a fan of YouTube ads. There's very few niches where it's super relevant, especially at first. Between November 2015 and February 2016, an additional $839.43 from YouTube ads. That's over a... a November, December, January, and February. It's like a four month period. So like an extra 200 bucks a month, which is great, but you t it was like, cool. Like, let's just, we'll just let that happen. I almost ignore it. I'm like, we'll reinvest that money back into the business, back into the channel, back into my personal development, all that kind of stuff. Affiliate marketing is the thing that that is happening. And so that's what I wanna encourage you. You wanna find your stream. You wanna find a stream. Affiliate marketing is amazing. I think we should all do it. But it doesn't work as good in every single niche, but there's so many things that do. I mean, whether it is crowdfunding or Patreon or brand deals or YouTube ads because you have a channel that has high view, like kind of like a prank channel or something like that, um, but whatever it is. But uh, yeah, find your sweet spot. And a couple tips, turn streams into rivers. So if we're gonna follow one course until successful, step one, start some YouTube videos. Step two, eventually find a way to make money and make your first $2. That's, a, that's not even a stream, that is a trickle. That is like a dried up riverbed and you're like, oh look, there's drops of water going down. 
but man, I hear the sound of rain. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? And so you see those drops, then you want that to be a stream, then you want it to be a, 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 a trickle. People that focus on multiple streams of income too early spread themselves too thin. I found out what was working and I was like, okay, I know how to rank videos. I'm, I know that I'm doing tech reviews and I'm doing that kind of stuff. I know about affiliate marketing. I know about YouTube. I'm going to get this thing. I'm not going to try to do anything else. I'm going to get this thing. So when I lost my clients, November, December, there was all in. I worked 60 to 80 hour weeks, videos, videos, videos. I would, cause I realized if I can upload more and maybe two videos, didn't even do that good, but one crushed, if I can get more outputs out, if I can upload more, if I can do more research, whatever, turn streams into rivers. You want to find a little trickle and get it gushing. And what sometimes people do is they get their, their trickle to a stream and then they actually start starting another stream. And so if you're making 200 bucks a month in affiliate marketing, for example, you don't want to take your eye necessarily off the prize on that thing. What you want to do is actually keep focusing on that thing until that stream becomes a river. Instead of just having a bunch of baby streams everywhere. Makes sense? So really staying focused. Um, tip two, momentum and compound effort will lead to bigger checks and bigger opportunities. You've seen it here. You've seen, you saw it on my affiliate account, right? It just started to compound. It just started to grow. And now we, that year, 2016, hits. I hit six figures in affiliate marketing, I believe. I got a screenshot for you, actually. Um, and so, okay, not probably not that year. That year was probably like 80K. But see, by November that year, 11,165.39. Pretty cool, right? So then definitely by, I think by the next year, it's multiple six. And by that year, a couple other income streams. Yeah, it was six figures. So all of the proximity principle and all of the groundwork I laid and all of those things be began to really come into fruition at that jump off point in 2015. And so... Um, okay. And so, yeah, streams, side income streams. Notice when this is happening. We talked about those different seasons. We talked about, uh, those different steps, but eventually you want to get your streams generating, right? You want to get your streams happening. And I don't have time to go into how to rank videos, how to make money on YouTube, affiliate marketing and the exact strategies. But I just want to put this on your radar some people in our community have seen this and they've been raving about it, but we have, I have a one hour masterclass that's way more about YouTube. This is kind of about how to go full time in life and the whole thing. If you want some of my best strategies and specific tactics for getting views, ranking videos, and if you're not sure what, sure what that means, you'll want to see this, then I do have a free training. It's our masterclass that normally exists inside of our um, like private communities, like our Video Ranking Academy community we've taken out an hour of that training and you can watch it entirely for free. So if you're be interested in that, then um, this is what it is. It's three strategies for growing your audience and income on YouTube in 2019. The new rules of YouTube success, my proven system for getting views on YouTube 24 seven, three creative ways to earn an extra thousand per month, other ways besides affiliate marketing, and then some case studies from how three regular people used a simple YouTube strategy to quit their job and create a full-time income. So I teach all of that. Make sure to check this out. It's at thinkmasterclass.com and you can watch it for free for a limited time. And uh, so check that out for specifics on ranking videos, getting more views, getting subscribers. And um, let's move on to tip number seven, which is step out. 
So how do you know when to go full-time? How do you know when to step out? Well, for me, I've learned some things since then. I told you my story. I, I my jump into full-time, I'll be honest, I was scared. And I'm sure you feel the same. I mean, self-doubt, can I make it? Even with results that we had. I mean, think media, when I jumped out, we had 16,000 subscribers. And we're a little over 800,000 now. But, and 16,000 is solid, but scary. Like, wait, this is going to be like your full-time job. Like your mom, like, wait, you're going to, you're doing what? Like, how are you going to support your family, Sean? Like, you're like, look, I got these 16,000 subscribers on YouTube. You know, trust me, mom. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of scary. I'm so thankful to God that as an entrepreneur, which is what you are, if you're a YouTuber, you just really are like, you're building something on the side and your neighbors aren't. And that's not right or wrong. Like you just want more. You aspire to do something. You you don't want to just be a consumer. You want to be a creator. And so uh, any entrepreneur creator that steps out, there's a point when you have to jump off the cliff. I'm thankful that I got kicked off. You know what I mean? Because I could have went back and kept freelancing, but that was the tipping point. No longer having freelance clients and I didn't have a job. So now in, in, in November 1st, 2015, I'm like, I got no boss. All I got is time on my hands now. I got no more freelance clients. I'm all freaking in. And I was just desperate and hungry. And, and, and so I just went all in. At some point though, you need to make the jump. But how do you know when to do it? Here's my advice. Define this and really define this. Pull out a piece of paper or your phone right now, whatever, and, and write down how much do you need to live on? Most people have never done this. Most people that want to go full-time have never done this. How much do you need to live on? And not like that Jay-Z, Beyonce lifestyle. You're like, well, the private jet and the crystal. No, no, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like how much could you live on? This, this includes your dependents. This includes other things. But really define that number that you would need to live every month. I knew back even during that time, I was scared because, yeah, we had freelance clients and we're living in Vegas, cost of living is pretty good, but also as independent entrepreneur, freelancer, all of our insurance was on us, right? Healthcare, uh, health bills, um, everything, business taxes, just everything because we it was all on us. So we had to come up with that number of what do we need bare minimum to live? And if you were willing to bootstrap a little bit, and I'm not talking about like, we're not going to eat, which was not what you would do. But of course, you know, like you got to eat, but like really lean. Like if you could be lean for 12 months, 24 months to position yourself to go full time. And so define that figure. Is it $4,000 a month? Is it $2,500 a month? Cause you can, is it $1,500 a month? Cause you can sleep on a couch and your friends giving you a free room. Like, or, or are you living in the heart of Manhattan and you've got eight kids um, and an apartment and you need $250,000 a year to live like at the base level. I mean, that's where you live. It all matters, but you really need to figure out that target. How much do you need to live? And the move might be to actually reduce your overhead. Remember like what, what if you moved? What if you downsized your life so that you could upsize your YouTube dream? You know what I mean? So define how much you need to live and then check this out apply the 25% rule, apply the 25% rule. I'm going to go with $4,000 for easy math. Cause I'm not good at math. If you need $4,000 a month to live, then I recommend the 
rule. And that is this, as soon as you've hit 25% of your target minimum monthly income, how much would that be? $1,000. Meaning you're hustling on YouTube, you got your side hustle, however you're monetizing, when you, you know 4,000 is the target and you hit 1,000, it's your jump off point. It's your jump off point. Because if you can make 1,000, here's what you've proven. You've proven you can make 25% of your monthly income, which by the way, at this point is in addition to the monthly income you're, you're making, right? Because you have, the point of this video is quitting your job. So it's assuming you have a job. That's what we're assuming, right? And so if you don't have a job and you can just hustle from home, that's, I know all of our circumstances are different, but your job is paying you 4,000. Your side hustle has now earned you 1,000. Here's what you've proven. You've proven that in your spare time, by punting leisure, by being disciplined, by being focused, by obviously getting subscribers and viewers and, and getting some things, you've proven that you can make $1,000 a month, by the way, 25% of your target, what happens when you go all in from that point? You'll make it. Make sense? Because now you don't have, I just talked to somebody on a coaching call and there's like ability to do private coaching with me. It's, it's kind of expensive, so, but that's on my website. But I was doing a private coaching call the other day and I was talking to a person who um, had a two hour commute, both ways to work and then a full work day. And the person actually had a background in entrepreneurship and some other things and different ways to make money. And I was like, bro, you need to buy some time. I was like, what happens when you don't have that commute anymore? And when you don't have work at that job anymore, it's game over because I know you're a hustler. I know you know what to do. And if you're applying the 25% rule, that means you've already hit a financial target. Makes sense. So you can go freaking all in. And now that's what happened to me. Like when I went all in, I was able I'm not saying forever, but I was able to work insane hours to build in the other 75%. Now, of course, the disclaimer here is please don't email me if this doesn't work out for you. Nothing is guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not saying like this is some universal law. Like Sean said, 25% is like this magic. I'm not saying it's a magic, uh, you know, number, but it is a formula. And I think it probably is resonating with you. Because you could see, that yeah, makes sense. Like if I can prove that I am good for generating 25% from my side hustle, that man, when I go all in in it, then I can get that thing to my full-time income. And man, it's freedom. Like as soon as my clients let me go and I went all in, I was like, dude, this is Christmas every day. That's how I feel. To this day, I feel that way. Just, I live in, in unreal gratitude because of the hustle I've put in to get where I am today. And so that jump off point, when you're able to wake up my commute now is, you know, about, mm, well, I have to go down to the Nespresso machine first. So it's like that. But if it's straight from, you know, to get to this office is uh, a step over Rosie, my Chihuahua, a step over Sophie, my Chihuahua. And then I'm here. You know what I'm saying? And I say that just because this is possible, especially if you make a plan. Like it can be practical. Define how much you need to live on and then apply the 25% rule. When you hit that target. Of course, if you got other decision makers in your family, please get, you know, talk to your spouse about this, whatever, of course, but then made a, make a plan and jump off. And at some point, what happens is that's still really scary. Well, what if the other money doesn't come in? You know what I told myself when, when we went all in, I was like, look, we're six months away from bankruptcy, meaning all of our savings would be gone. Like when I lost my clients, 
was like, this is either going to work or it's not. But what's the worst that could happen? I could get more clients. I could go get another job. Or I could just go work at Red Robin over here because I am lethal at Red Robin. You would be too if you spent 10 years there. I still know the whole menu. You know what I mean? Like I, I am the master of bottomless fries. And so that's something they have there. So anyways, know when to go full time. Do those tips. Remember, overnight success never happens overnight. I know it seems that way as people just pop up and blow up on YouTube. Overnight success never happens overnight, but most people underestimate what they can do, or most people overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in five to 10. And so when you set your mind on this and you get focused and you follow these tips, you can do this. All right, well, that is the end of the seven steps. Now let's recap what we learned in today's episode. We first started out with finding your sweet spot. Who do you serve and how do you serve them? And what makes you special in the market that you're trying to reach? I think this is something that is over time, something that you're going to keep refining and keep refining. But I want you to actually have a North Star. Really identifying who you wanna help and how you wanna help them is critical when it comes to creating content. And if you are just starting, I want you to start with just the target audience. Who do you wanna help? Maybe you can try different ways of helping them to find the sweet spot first, just like Sean did. But over time, you'll get clearer and clearer on this mission. And I think about even myself and what I've been uh, experiencing on my own side YouTube channel in homeschooling. I started just making a bunch of different types of content, but I know who I was serving. I knew who I wanted to serve and I knew I wanted to help them with homeschooling. And then from there, I started to refine it more and more. And now I know that I really help newer homeschoolers understand the differences in alternative education. It doesn't mean that I'm not doing things on curriculum or doing videos on schedules, but I really wanna be more of an educator, someone who's just a friend along the journey, just a little bit ahead. So I wanna ask you, have you found your sweet spot yet? Or are you still in that refining clarity process? Then number two, we learned about creating that side income. And Sean really shared his journey about going through affiliate marketing and what that's done for him from that first check of $2.12 all the way into now making tens of thousands of dollars from Amazon affiliate alone. And if affiliate marketing is something you would like to learn more about, we actually did a two-part series here on the podcast that you can check out. And I'll link that in the show notes as well as in the description if that's something that you want to go deeper on. And for me personally, my side income was really one-on-one coaching. I did a lot of one-on-one coaching where I was able to really decide who I wanted to help and how I wanted to help them. And that ultimately was what led me into starting an agency and then helping in other ways for small businesses. I really wanted to be a mom that was present with my kids and was able to make my own calendar and work my own schedule around the things that were important to our family. And so I knew that creating a career by creating content was something that I needed to do. And so it started slow. I started with one client and then two clients, but over time, that was what helped me go from working a full-time job and then becoming a full-time content creator here on Think. It's important that you know that there's lots of different ways that you can create a side income, but affiliate marketing is great because you get to sell other people's products, the products and services that you love and would recommend to your friends. 
That's a way that you can get started. And your first check may be just like Sean's, $2.12. But it's actually just evidence that this can work for you as well. So if you want to go deeper in that series, I'll make sure to link it up. And then lastly, we learned about stepping out and going full time. Really doing the math for the mission, understanding what are the numbers, what's the sacrifice that you're going to need to make in order to have success later on. I think it's important to know that in order to go full time as an entrepreneur, which is what you are, if you are starting on YouTube, if you're growing on YouTube, if you want to go full time on YouTube, you are an entrepreneur. And so an entrepreneur needs to know the numbers. You need to know what it's going to take for you to go full time or what it's going to take for your family to be able to see this as a reality. Maybe it's just you and you're single or maybe you do have a family. I think this is something so important when it comes to being a smart entrepreneur. And I know that's who you are. I know that you're an entrepreneur that takes risks, but makes calculated risks. I know that you're an entrepreneur who wants to step out and make a difference in the world. But in order to do that, you've got to know the numbers. So do you know how much it would be for you to go full time? Do you know how much sacrifice or things you would need to let go of in order to make this a reality? I can tell you I've lived through the sacrifice season. My husband and I lived in uh, tens of thousands of dollars in credit card debt because I didn't know the numbers. But then once we were able to figure out the numbers, we got on the same page, we aligned ourselves with what we wanted in our lives, everything changed. So if that's something you haven't committed to yet, I wanna encourage you to figure out what is your number. What's it gonna take for you to go full time and see this as a reality? And then lastly, uh, we went through all seven steps. So now you have all seven steps for this process. And this entire series was brought to you by our free YouTube class at thinkmasterclass.com. If you've not been able to take that class, I recommend putting it on your calendar. Go over to thinkmasterclass.com, register for that free YouTube class, and we're gonna help you. We're gonna go deeper into the three secrets for success on YouTube. You've learned these seven steps. But now let's go deeper into actually making the plan right for you. If you have started a YouTube channel and you feel lost or you want to figure out how to connect the dots and how, what's it going to take to really go all in, we're going to help you with that on this class. So make sure you register at thinkmasterclass.com. And if you got value out of this podcast, I recommend that you hit subscribe wherever you're consuming this content. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, did you know you can rate and review the podcast? What does that mean? It means you can let us know what you think about this podcast. And today I'm going to bring to you Carrie's review. She said, dynamic duo. This is a must listen for any any business owner who wants to create an impact and stay relevant to the modern consumer. Bravo and well done. Hey, Carrie, thank you so much for that podcast review. It means so much to me to be able to hear your stories and hear what you think about this podcast. So if you've got a little bit of extra time today after this podcast, before you head to your next task, make sure to rate and review the podcast and let us know what has been your favorite episode so far. Well, that concludes our three-part series of how to quit your job and go full-time on YouTube. If you haven't listened to part one and part two, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to those two episodes. And stay tuned for next week because we're gonna be taking a deep dive into what I like to call the clarity equation. We're starting a new two-part series brought to you by thinkmasterclass.com and we're gonna be breaking down what does it actually mean to get clear on YouTube. I can't 
can't wait to share this two-part series upcoming with you in the next episodes. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, for listening to this podcast, for taking us along on your journey. It means so much to me as we are creating this content that you are getting value. And so I want to applaud you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast, to be a part of this community, and for taking action on YouTube. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you in the next episode.